Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Okay. Uh, we are finishing off with our Proverbs series um, and what we decided is we're going to try and run this beginning of January again. First of January, we'll start again with Proverbs, and we'll start reading Proverbs together again. There's 31 days in January. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, so we can all um, start the year off properly again. And we're going to do it again in the summer, because Proverbs speaks about everything in life. Um, the goal, the wisdom of Proverbs is for us to become experts at living well. How many of you want to be an expert at living life well? Like, I want to be an expert. And, and Proverbs was written by Solomon, and Solomon got wisdom from God. And it wasn't just good, like, great ideas from a man. These are some great ideas that I'm going to write down. It says that Solomon asked God for wisdom, and God gave him the wisdom to understand how to lead his people. So, so it's not just, a man. this guy was so clever. This was wisdom that God gave him on how to become an expert at living well. So when we apply these principles that we find in Proverbs, what will happen is the result is our, our lives are going to be transformed, and we're going to start enjoying life. We're going to do life differently. It's not going to be the way that the world would necessarily attract things or, or um, go about doing things. We're going to do things God's way, and we're going to expect godly results from it. So we, we're studying something today, and I'm going to finish off with this one. Uh, because I feel it's so appropriate. Remember we spoke about Sodom and Gomorrah. What were the, if we talk about Sodom and Gomorrah, what's the first sin that you think of why God judged Sodom? First sin, before you listen to the messages, what was, would be what? Sodomy, yeah. Sodomy, right? Last, perversion. That's what most people think of. But when we, we, we read um, in Ezekiel, it says that the sins of, of Sodom was pride, laziness, gluttony, Right? Those, those aren't sins that we normally talk about. La we don't see laziness or gluttony as sins, really. We, we kind of see them as acceptable things in today's society, being lazy. I think what happened with staying at home in isolation, it's actually fed that even a bit more. You know, you have people that they do not have the energy to put on pants, um, you know, for their Zoom calls. They just uh, dress top up, and hopefully they don't stand up. Um, and, and we, we see gluttony. I mean, we live in a society where, where overconsumption is encouraged. Um, the resorts, the most popular ones, are the one that includes everything, as much as you want, as much as you like. Uh, so, so we've seen it's, it's so relevant for today. Sodom is the society we're living in. We are living in the times of Sodom again. So, so the topic we're going to look at today is something which I see there also. It's so appropriate for us to talk about this because I think some of you, if not all of us, struggle with this. In the 16th century, there were two renowned um, artisans, um, artists. Uh, they, they were both hired to beautify the, the Vatican in Rome. One was Michelangelo, and the other one was Raphael. Now, most of them know them from Ninja Turtles, but <laughs> they were actually real people also. Uh, Michelangelo was a painter and a sculptor, like to call himself a sculptor also. And Raphael, of course, he was a renowned architect and a painter. Both of them highly regarded, very respected um, in their own particular fields. But what's very interesting about these two guys is a bitterness broke out between them. 
a rivalry broke out between them. Um, and it was so bad that whenever they would pass each other in the halls um, in their job, beautifying the Vatican, they wouldn't greet each other. Uh, they wouldn't speak to each other when they were in conversations or in groups together. They refused to make eye contact with each other. And everybody could see that these two guys um, had a bitterness, a renowned bitterness towards the other person. And it's so ironic because if you think about it, both of them were doing this thing that they were doing for the glory of God. It's for the glory of God while holding on to bitterness. And what's very unfortunate is, is today we have revered and honored people. We have people that we look up to, people that we esteem, people that are in positions of leadership, people that uh, might be popular in whatever form um, popularity is, is seen today, Instagram, TikTok, um, film stars, movie stars, musicians, whatever it is. And, and when they get bitter on something, their followers and the people who follow them, suddenly they become bitter also over things that has got nothing to do with them. So what I want to do today is I want to talk about bitterness and, and how it is infiltrating the church, unfortunately, and it's infiltrated our lives. And most of us sitting here have some form of it which we have to deal with. I think if I ask you, can you think of a, better, a bitter person? Um, I think most of us would be able to think of somebody that we know that's a bitter, like that person's just bitter. Uh, we know better people. Now, what I want us to do before we continue on is I want everybody to please take out your cell phones. Um, we're going to call that person and we're going to ask them to listen in. No, no, we're not. Now, please take out your cell phone. What I want you to do is uh, go, go to, to your photos where you take photos. Um, and I want you to, to have it in the mode where you can see yourself just, you know, when you take a I want everybody to take a selfie because this is something that you're going to refer back to. Please and this is the part which I always love, where you're in church, right? And, and I'm so encouraging because I want to teach the Word of God. And then you give simple instruction, like, everybody, please take out your cell phone and take a selfie. And people sit with their arms crossed looking at me as if I'm a stranger. I just want to say the rest of the Word's not going to impact you also. Because if you don't apply things that you hear, it's not going to impact your life. So, so get off your hands, take out your phone, take a selfie, and look at yourself. Look at it. See yourself. Look, I want you to look at who you are. Because most of us know a better person and most of us can see one right now. I, you know, what I actually was, I was trying to figure out if I could do this. We don't have that yet and we're hoping that one day we'll get to a place where we can have um, LED screen at the back. It's like a massive thing which you can basically do anything with. You can turn it into a mirror where, where people can actually look at themselves. Because the reality is every message we preach, I know we have somebody that we think about. But today's message is really for every single one of us. It's for you and it's for me. I was reading a blog um, a few weeks ago about a, a counselor by the name of Mike DeBose. Uh, he's a very famous counselor. Uh, he's helped many people th through difficulties and struggles. But Mike himself, he was a very bitter man. And he was bitter at his father. And, and right there, I think I already triggered maybe somebody else's heartstring also. Being bitter at a father. He was angry because his dad left their home and their family when, when Mike was just a young boy. Uh, maybe there's bitterness towards your mother. 
or grandfather or uncle or whoever it might be. But Mike said he was talking to a counselor, and, and this is his, his own words, and he said, you know, it's very interesting that people, the counselor said to Mike, with similar backgrounds, same circumstances as you, Mike, even within the same family can react so differently and have so many different results. For example, he said, you might have one child like you who become very resentful towards your father. And at the same time in the same family, you might have a child who doesn't become resentful but learns from it, grows from it, and becomes better because of it. That set Mike up on a path of healing because he said, you know, I can either continue on on this path because my sibling is completely free from the bitterness from my dad. Living a life that is fulfilled. So Mike said, this, this set me up for a path of healing. So that's how he became a counselor. And Mike tells of a conversation that he had with a friend who was just over 70 years old. And he said, we spoke about his dad, his childhood, and how he still resented his dad, his father, who had been dead for years. I advised him to forgive and move on, but he said angrily, I will never forgive my father, even to the grave. I will hold on to the resentment that I have towards him until the day I die. His dead father, Mike said, his dead father and his negative childhood experience was still haunting him and generating anger more than 60 years later. And he concluded by writing, bitterness has taken deep root in his mind and in his heart. He walked with anger and unforgiveness towards someone who's already been dead. Listen, of all the human emotions, of all the human emotions that are out there, this is one that you ought to guard against the most. Because bitterness is emotional and relational cancer. It kills your emotions and it kills your relationships. As one leader puts it, it says, bitterness blows out the candle of joy and leaves the soul in darkness. Bitter people are like porcupines. They have many fine points, but it's very hard to get close to them. And they're hard to get close to because they are extremely critical. They're unforgiving. They are judgmental. They're sarcastic. And they're angry. But it's more than just anger that they have. It's anger that has grown into something. It's like it's morphed into something so big that everything in their life becomes filtered by it. It's not how they started off. They weren't always angry. They weren't always critical. They weren't always unforgiving. It's not who they were. But they've become that. So we're going to look at, at how to beat bitterness today. Now remember one of our key scriptures that, that we started off with was in Proverbs 1 verse 7, where it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and, and instruction. So, so we want the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is honor, 
revere for God, saying, God, you are high. You created all things. So my opinions, my thinking about this situation, even if my opinion is different than what your word says, I will submit my opinion to you because I honor your ways more than I honor my thoughts. I honor what you say in your word more than what society and culture tells me. I will submit my life to your word. Doesn't matter what hurts, experience, and things in the past might, might have done or shown. But what I will do is I will submit in spite of that. I will submit it to you. It is the beginning of wisdom. It is the beginning on, remember, what's the word wisdom? Wisdom is the word expert at living well. If you are wise, you are someone who is an expert at living life well. So I will submit my ways in honor of you so that I can become someone who lives life well. That's, that's the whole basis for why we want to look at Proverbs. So here are a few verses from Proverbs which I think are, are uh, fantastic. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. The heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy, Proverbs 14.10. Proverbs 15.18, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Love that. Proverbs 19.11, <laughs> so we dropped Andrew off Tuesday, and, and I have to talk about this because I have to also confess that it probably wasn't right for me to do this, but it was just so strange. So we're dropping Andrew off at the airport, and there's a guy in front of us parking his car. <laughs> and there were a few people in the car with me, so, um, which obviously um, directs how you're going to react. So, so this gentleman in front of me parked his car, and as I'm parking his car, he flips me the bird. And like any good Christian would do, I back up to find out, why are you flipping me the bird? Like, what did I do? And so I stick my head out the window, and I'm like, what's up, buddy? And he makes these noises, and I'm so angry, I'm so angry at you. And I'm like, and I'm, and Ernbury is in the back, she's just let it go, Andreas, just let, just leave him, just leave him. I'm like, but... I don't, I don't get, and I'm like, at the guy, I'm like, wanting, why are you so, like, I'm like, but why are you so angry? Like, what did I do? And the more I ask him why he's so angry, the more, I'm gonna, the more angry he got at me. So I failed at that one. Slow to, I wasn't angry, but he was extremely angry for no reason at all. I've got no idea why, I still don't know why he was angry at me. Anyway, where was I? That was just a funny event. I couldn't figure it out. Why this person? And the more angrier he gets, the more he started growling. And so the more he growls, the more I growl back at him. Oh, you're so angry. Oh. <laughs> and he goes, oh. and I'm going, oh, you're so angry. Why? I don't get it. Proverbs 20, 22. Do not <laughs> Let's go. Do not say, I will repay evil. Hmm. Wait for the Lord. He will deliver you. I don't have to know why he's angry. Just move on. Okay, and, and this one, this one is probably for me one of the most key for me that in Proverbs, this is a verse that really um, I try to, to um, live out. It says, guard your heart. 
Let's start there. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. The issues of life comes out of your heart. The, the, the things that you allow in. The, the wrongs that you fester, that you meditate on. The things that, that, that you, um, you, you constantly think about. Your heart is your thinking. It's your emotions. It's, it's that inside of you. Guard that. So beating bitterness... Now, I want to say, I, want, I, want to, I know this. To be fair, we all go through things. People do wrong against us. Maybe you didn't get the promotion and, and you deserved it. And, you know, it was supposed to be yours. Um, maybe you've come down with an illness or somebody that you know, somebody close to you got sick and you prayed and nothing happened. Maybe somebody has the audacity to have a different view than you have which is something which I think society is feeding today, is if somebody has a different view than you, you are allowed to be bitter towards them. Now, I do want to say this. We can't stop life from happening. It's part of life. In this world, you will have trouble. Storms will come. doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not a Christian. We will have storms in this life. Difficulties will be there. But if you hold on to the hurt... And if you keep dwelling on the offenses, if you keep thinking, why did they do that to me? Why did they say that to me? Why did I lose my loved one? Why did my friends walk away? Why did my dad leave? Why did my mom leave? Um, why did he, he do uh, husband to spouse, spouse, uh, you know, wife to husband? What happens is when we keep dwelling on those things, it opens up the door for bitterness. And bitterness affects every area of our life. It poisons your attitude to, to where you see things, everything in a negative light. Everything and everyone around you. Bitter people do not have good relationships. They used to, but they don't have them anymore. They're easily offended. They'll jump down your throat for the smallest of thing. Or they give you the silent treatment. But I want you to hear me. If, if you're sitting in here today, and I know, you know, I know people that, that have bitter things that's going on in them, and it's not who they are. That is not who you are. That's not you. It's not you. It's the bitterness coming out of you that makes you angry at things that you're not even involved with. Angry at people who you don't even know. Upset about who people vote for in the U.S. while you live in Canada. It's bitterness. It's going to steal your dreams. It's going to rob your joy. And it will keep you from your destiny. I know people that are still bitter after something that happened 30 years ago. I know people that are still bitter that... That's of something that happened five years ago. I know people who are bitter at me about a message I preached 15 messages ago. Bitter because they were 
not honored or didn't feel respected. And that's never the, that's never the goal. When, when we preach the word, the word is in the same way you took a photo this morning. The word confronts who you are. It's not me confronting you. It's you that are confronted with you and, and recognizing all these things in my life. Is this me? Are there things that I have to deal with? I want you to hear me. God sees what's happening. We do not have a God who's in heaven busy playing cornhole, who's distracted because he's doing stuff. We do not have a God who's not present, who's not aware. Our Father knows of every single thing that's happening in our lives. He knows what wasn't fair. He was there. He knows who walked away. He knows that you weren't treated right or aren't treated right in your relationship and in your marriage or in your friendship. He knows that. He's present. He's there with you. But I want you to hear me. He knows how to bring better out of this. Not bitter. Better. It starts with letting it go. And trusting Him. And understanding that He is your vindicator. It's not your plots and your ploys. The longer you hold on to bitterness, the harder it is to get rid of it. That first offense, that first time He disappointed you. That first time she disappointed you. That first letdown that happened in a friendship. That, that first discouragement um, that happened somewhere in a group. The longer you hold on to that, the harder it is to get out of it. The more you dwell on it, the more you relive it, because that's the thing about moments like this, that we relive it in our minds over and over again. The more you're going to allow it to bother you, and the deeper that root's going to set in. The key is forgive quickly. Let go of things you don't understand quickly. When the questions come up, why did this happen to me? This isn't fair. When you feel the bitterness trying to, to root itself, itself kind of right into your heart, that's the first moment where you go, God, I'm turning this over to you. Right in that moment, God, I'm turning this over to you. You are my vindicator. When those thoughts of somebody who's wronged you in the past, and I know I can see through your minds, I can see people kind of, running the black and white tape for some of them because it's so long ago they didn't have color then. But right, running the script through your mind of somebody that's wronged you, when those thoughts and those moments comes up, in that moment you go, God, you're my vindicator. God, you're my vindicator. You'll make wrong, no, you'll make right all the wrongs that's been in presence in my life. Something that I think you can all agree with. I find that bitterness knocks at our door daily. Every day we have ample opportunity to find a reason to be bitter. If you didn't get the contract, you're bitter. Uh, if somebody didn't greet, you know, we have people that's been bitter at us, for me and Ermery, because we didn't greet them in a store. Stopped coming to our church for two years. We're not even aware they were there because we were talking. 
gaze. She was gazing deep into my eyes. Because <laughs> we went shopping at the dollar store. That's what we do. Somebody that was so offended that we didn't greet them. And we weren't even aware. Not because we don't love them. We don't like them. Because we weren't aware. There are moments in people's lives where you can be. You can choose the smallest thing. And what happens is when that thing steps in, if you choose that little step of bitterness, just that original seed, what happens then is then there's like a chip on your shoulder and everything else that happens after that just becomes amplified more and more. It's just, it's just, it's, it's now, now you are really getting bitter. Many of us have prayed to God. Some of you are bitter at God. Prayed and believed God for, for healing, for deliverance, for open doors. For things to change. Your prayer or your outcome that you were praying for didn't happen exactly that way. And you're angry at God. You see, it's just a little offense. It's just a little seed. If you ignore it, no big deal. But if you start dwelling on it, it becomes massive. If you have a notebook... For the purpose to keep record of everything someone else is doing wrong. You, my friend, you are harboring bitterness. You are feeding it. If you have a book where what somebody, whoever it is, might have, like some people have this, this ability to, to voice every, every area where they've been wronged. There's bitterness. Some people, I know some people think, you know, next time I see them, I'm going to give them a cold shoulder. You know, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. You relive exactly how you're going to confront them, what you're going to say. Carla always says to me, you know, after somebody says something to her, and I say, you know, I would have said that. And she goes, oh, I wish I could have thought of that in the moment. But next time I see them, I'm going to respond that way. So Carla harbors bitterness. It's <laughs> the point I'm trying to make. But, um, but many of us think that way, right? We think, man, we think of how we could respond because they did something that we feel we can get back at them for. Here's Hebrews 12, such an amazing scripture. It says, make sure that no root of bitterness springs forth and causes trouble and many become contaminated by it. Make sure that no root of bitterness springs forth. Now, what I want you to notice is it refers to bitterness as a root. You can't see a root. A root is hidden. It's underground. I'll hide my bitterness. I'll disguise it. But here's the problem. You think you are hiding it. I'm just going to hide my bitterness towards somebody, towards something, towards an offense. I'm not going to ask God, God, I want God, you can redeem this. I'm not going to give it over immediately. I'm going to harbor it. I'm going to hide it. I'm going to keep it for myself. I'm just going to hide it. And I think I'm not going to harm anybody by it because it's just my bitterness. Right? Here's the problem. Is if you have a root of bitterness, it will contaminate your whole life. Because a root produces fruit, produces a tree. We all know people that think that they are hiding their bitterness well, and you know, I'll deal with it on my own. But walking with offenses, first thing it does is it shows your distrust in God that He can't vindicate you. 
But the second thing it will do it, I know people who used to be happy, fun to be around, serving, like, like giving. Like I know people like that, and now they are bitter and sour. And it was originally focused at just one thing or just one person or um, just your marriage, just your husband or just your wife. Richard, just focus just between us. I'll be normal with the kids. The reality is you're not. That bit of fruit that you are stirring up, it's spilling over into every area of your life. It contaminates everything. Bitter fruit, because you've got a bitter root, you didn't give it over to God. It's affecting relationship with friends, family, church. Remember Proverbs, guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart because you don't want your relationships to be influenced, your life to be influenced with bitter roots. An article I found in Psychology Today, it said the following. Um, it says, all bitterness starts out as a hurt. So I want to acknowledge, first of all, I know there are many reasons we get hurt and why you have a legitimate reason to be bitter. All of them start off as a hurt. The author says, then it festers into anger. You get angry because you were hurt. He continues, for anger and its first cousin, resentment, is what we're all likely to experience whenever we conclude that another has seriously abused us. So we get hurt, then we get angry, then resentment starts growing, and then it says, left to fester, the anger eventually becomes the corrosive ulcer that is bitterness. One of the most responsibilities, biggest responsibilities we have as believers, as Christians, um, is to represent Christ to our, to our family, to our husband, to our wives, to our friends, to our neighborhoods, to our workplace. We should represent Him everywhere we go in every area. And it cannot happen if our hearts aren't pure. Please hear me. Life is too short to be offended. It's too short to be offended. To not forgive. Bitter over things that didn't work out. Guard your heart. It takes discipline to say, I'm not going to dwell on an offense. I'm not going to go around feeling sorry for myself because something didn't work out. We don't have a lot of emotional energy, but, uh, well, I think we've got a certain amount of emotional energy every day. Have you ever felt like you've, like by the end of the day, like you've run out of your emotional energy? Like I'm like, I'm at the max, like there's nothing more. Now, what I do want to guarantee you is that bitterness and offense takes way more energy and it steals energy from you that you're supposed to give towards your children and your family and your home and your friends. But because of bitterness, you've got nothing left to give towards them. Quit letting what's on the outside influence what's going on on the inside. We spoke about guarding the city. It speaks about the body as a city. We have to guard the city. And we spoke about last week that we have gates the way they protected the city is there were gates in the city to make sure that whoever comes in, it's not going to hurt the, the occupants of the city and, and that you can determine what's going to come in and out. And we spoke about the eye gates. We spoke about the ear gate. We spoke about the mouth gate. And today, really, it's the heart gate. You've got to protect the city. Guard the city. Because bitterness will grow roots. And what's interesting is if, if you can't... Um, if, 
if you can't recognize um, it in yourself, I, I do think it's very easy to recognize how are your relationships doing if you're trying to figure out if you're somebody that's, that's, that's um, kind of growing, nurturing bitterness. Look at your relationships of the people around you. How are those things going? Are they healthy? Are they strong? Have you lost your joy, your excitement, your drive for life? Because we can't see the inside. See, the root is what's on the inside. The root is what gives the tree life. We see the outside. We see the leaves. We see the branches. But the root is what's feeding the tree. When your roots are healthy, positive, hopeful, when your roots are healthy. So my root is in Christ and His Word. I'm going to do things His way. So when my roots are healthy, they are positive, they are hopeful, then what's going to happen is you're going to feed the branches and the trees and the leaves and the fruit. You're going to feed it encouragement. You will feed it life. You will feed your life. You'll feed it with strength. You will feed it with hope. You are feeding kindness. You're feeding gentleness. You're feeding patience, serving, generosity. You are feeding that to your life because the root is helpful, uh, healthy. But when the root is bitter and you wonder why I don't laugh anymore, why, don't, why I don't dream like I used to dream, why you don't enjoy things that you used to, your kindness is gone. Your kindness feels fake. Like you are faking your kindness because you're really, like you're growing bitterness. It's hard to be kind to people. You lost your generosity. You don't want to bless people anymore. You don't, I, just, I, mean, I just don't want to be around people. Some of you even lost your energy for life. And it's bitterness. It's because those bitter roots are feeding you bitterness. And the fruit that comes from it is self-pity, anger, offense, disagreement, resentment, doubt, judgment. And then you start looking for others that can feed that tree. I've got a bitter root system now. Now what I want to do is I want to surround me with as many people as possible that will feed this bitter root system that I have. And unfortunately today, they are very easy to find. There's a group for everything and anything. You can hear whatever you want to hear. Any negative thing you think of, it's available. And what happens is that's draining all your strength and will drain your passions and your joy. I have people that left church because they were so upset what was happening politically because we, as a church, I don't, we don't speak politically. It's not, it's not our purpose. The purpose of the church is not to take political stance. Not at all. The purpose of the church is to preach Jesus. Right? So we want to reveal Jesus. We have people that have let, left the church because we refuse to preach politics. And that bitterness stood so much in them that they tried to convince other people to leave the church also. And then they found themselves groups of people who have left churches because they don't speak politically. And now that group are telling other people to leave churches also. It's bitterness. That has nothing to do with us. Here's the good news. You do not have to live with bitter roots. You don't. You need to ask God to show you 
And, and I want to encourage you to do that today. Ask God to show you what's causing you to be this bitter. God, why? Why do I not have a desire to be kind or generous or loving? Why do I not want to be around other people? Why, why, why am I bitter? God, why am I bitter? What is this bitterness that is, that is controlling my life? Maybe there's somebody that you need to forgive. Maybe somebody proved you wrong. Maybe they are wrong. Maybe it's a dream that didn't work out. Maybe it's a mistake you've made. Or someone in your family, a child, a sibling, a cousin, an uncle. Mistakes that they've made. Maybe you've made it and you're still beating yourself up about it. If you'll be honest with yourself and say, God, help me to get rid of the root of bitterness, I want you to hear me. God, God will do that. God, I'm still angry over what happened when I was 10. I'm still upset because my husband he doesn't do things the way I want him to do things. I'm still grieving a, lost one, a loved one that I lost 12 years ago. The desire of our hearts while we're sitting here should be, God, I don't want any root in me that's going to produce bitter fruit. God, if there's bitterness in me, show me. I want my passion back. I want to love again like I used to. I want to dream again. I want to move forward. And the first step is get rid of the bitter root. Only you can do it. Nobody else. So where we are right now, I want to ask you, all of you, we're just going to close our eyes. And, and maybe you feel like you are somebody that, you know, there's nothing that, that you feel that you are bitter about. I do believe the Holy Spirit knows more than we do. So, so how about we ask Him, God, is there anything, any bitter root in me? I want you to reveal that to me. Any resentment, any offense... Reveal it to me. See, when we figure out what the, the, the contaminants are, what's contaminating us, what happens is when we identify it and we say, God, I give this over to you, I forgive. And, and if, if God revealed something to you right now, all I want you to do is if there's a person, if there's a situation, all I want you to do is say, say God, I forgive whoever it is. I forgive them. I give it over to you. You will vindicate me. I will not dwell on this anymore. This contaminant of bitterness that's in me, I release it to you. Father, it's okay if they don't agree with me, if they don't like me, if they don't do things my way. All of those things are okay. I trust you above those things. I'm not going to dwell on this. I'm not going to allow it to, to boil in me anymore. I'm going to let it go. I'm giving it to you. I'm releasing it. Thank you, God, for lifting the weight off my shoulders. I'm going to finish with the story. Um, Bish, you guys can come back up again, please. Um, and I want us to, to sing the, um, Bish, the, the song that we just sang, the, um, uh, the one that, that you just led. Which one was that? Evidence, please, yeah. 
So, so I, I want to finish with the story. It's a story um, of something that happened years ago. There was a great outbreak of a disease in a small village in Africa. People were overcome with nausea and sickness. Um, and eventually it got so bad that, that many people, people started to die from it. People were dying from it. So word reached the, the main city. Uh, as you know, in Africa, there, there are many villages that, that don't have their own water supply. They, they've got a, a main supply, which they kind of channel then, and then that one channel becomes the water supply for the whole village. So, so they've got one supply chain for the whole village. So word reached the main city, and they sent experts to find out what the problem is. And after several days of inspection, they figured out that their water has been contaminated. This little village got its water from one main stream. So the researchers started to, to travel upstream to try and figure out what the problem was. Traveled for days, um, and they didn't see anything wrong. And then they eventually came to the main source of the stream. Everything on the surface outside looked fine. They weren't like when we, if we think contaminated water in North America, we think oil barrels that's, or toxic uh, these big cans that spilled over into the water. None of that was there. They couldn't find anything on the surface. Remember, like bitterness is a root. They decided to send some divers down to get closer to the source, as close to the source as possible, where they can't see. Look, let's look deeper where we can't see what's going on. And much to their surprise, what they found is they found a, a big mother pig, and all her piglets were stuck right there by the source. And somehow the pigs had fallen and they drowned and they became wedged at the opening where the water was streaming out. And, and now all this crystal clear water that was good for the village before, all the water became contaminated as it flowed through and past these dead animals. All they had to do was remove the pig. Remove the pigs. And once again, the water was perfect perfectly fine it's the same principle in our lives we have unfair things that's happened things we don't understand and and too often instead of forgiving the people that hurt us instead of letting go of a wrong we hold on to it underneath the surface like pigs it's contaminated our stream of life it's influencing the fruit that's coming forth we wonder why we're negative. We wonder why we can't get along in relationships, why we keep losing our temper, why we keep losing relationships. And we think it's just who I am. It's not true. That's not who you are. You were created in the image of God. You were created for freedom. You were created for relationship. When He created you, He created you with the purpose that you would be happy and healthy and whole and secure and not bitter and angry and resentful. So you need to go back and get rid of whatever, that, whatever it is that's contaminating that stream in you. You need to find those pigs and get rid of them. You are not forgiving for their sake. Because they are not even aware of your bitterness. You are forgiving for your sake. Because it's your stream that's polluted. 
quit reliving the offense. Stop taking notes. Forget about the business that it failed, the opportunities that, that you didn't get. Forget about all of that and start trusting God and saying, God, you are my vindicator. I will let go of this bitterness, whatever it might be. Don't dwell on the past. Trust God to redeem what was lost. Let go of your offense. Ask God to show you the bitter roots. Start thanking Him for the plans He has for you. So we're going to sing the song Evidence again. And, and during this time, I, I really, I, I feel like when I was praying about it this morning, I do feel like I, it, it was almost an image that I saw that there are people in here that it, it looks like you've got a thousand pounds of weight that's on your shoulders because you're still angry at somebody for something they did or said. And God wants you to release that today. It's like a, going to be like a cool, fresh air that you're almost going to receive. It's going to feel like you're going to have a weight lifted off your shoulders and you're going to walk out of here released from it. But it, it, the only way it can happen is if, if you decide to take those steps. It's not, going to, it's not just something that's just going to happen. It's you're going to be, God, I'm going to let somebody go. I'm going to let an offense go. So I want to encourage you to do that while we sing the next song. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church Audio Podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.